It's time for the 2 o'clock show. Featuring Matthew Clock, Tim Clock. Welcome back once again to the 2 o'clock show. This is episode 12 in case you've been following along. In case you haven't been following along, this is episode 12. We appreciate everyone who listens to this. We have been gaining friends around the country and outside the country, which is exciting to us. And we welcome you. We're glad to spend some time with you. And we hope that this will be entertaining, illuminating, enlightening, and all those other things like that. So this program is brought to you in part by Pembroke's Personal Power Plant. Are you tired of having to carry and charge power banks? Yes. Well, with Pembroke's personal power plant, you can be the power bank. The personal power plant charges as you walk, talk, or chew, giving more than just an electric personality. You can charge your phone. You no longer need to carry a taser. You can be a taser in the event of an emergency. Have you ever wanted to attract more lightning? Well, you can be the lightning. Call now and order Pembroke's personal power plant. Our program director, Obadiah Perkins, would like us to share with you the fact that today is National Eraser Appreciation Day, which is handy because last time it was National Pencil Appreciation Day. So it follows that today should be National Eraser Appreciation Day. And the first erasers were actually decrusted, moistened, balled up bread. In the year 1770, Joseph Priestley made an amazing discovery. He had already discovered a somewhat important thing called oxygen. He also discovered a carbonated liquid we know as soda water. Almost as important as oxygen, he discovered a substance that removes marks from paper made by pencil lead, or graphite. It's called rubber. The British engineer Edward Nairn is credited with developing and marketing the first rubber eraser in Europe. He came upon his invention accidentally. He picked up a piece of rubber instead of his chunk of balled-up bread, and it erased the marks. Priestley named rubber. It was first called Indian gum. One has to rub it on the paper, hence the name rubber. In the 1800s, Charles Goodyear, of the Goodyear tire fame, learned how to vulcanize rubber. The rubber was heated, and the sulfur was removed. It made rubber waterproof and weatherproof, and preserved its elasticity. This would later lead to making successful rubber tires. Erasers were later put on top of pencils. However, European pencils are still eraserless. On March 30th, 1858, Hyman Lippmann in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, got the patent for attaching an eraser to the end of a pencil. Many erasers contain volcanic ash. Pulverized pumice is added for abrasiveness. The little erasers on pencils are called plugs. The metal bands that hold them onto the pencil are called ferrules. Many of today's erasers are made of vinyl. So we hope now that you have a greater appreciation for our friend and yours, the eraser. We thought we would introduce a new segment today called Solve the Riddle, in which you, our listeners, can call in and see if you can actually answer our riddle for the day. And today's riddle is, I shave every day, but my beard stays the same. What am I? And I can see that our, our panel is already starting to light up with callers. And we shall see if anybody has the answer to today's riddle. 
I shave every day, but my beard stays the same. What am I? Okay, let's go to line one. Welcome to Solve the Riddle. I shave every day, but my beard stays the same. What am I? Your mother. That guy again, I can't. How does he always get through? I, I mean, he always gets through. Haven't we blocked his number? I guess not. Larry was supposed to do that, but I guess he didn't. Larry! Remind me to talk to Larry after the show. Okay, let's try line two. Welcome to the two o'clock show, and this is Solve the Riddle. I shave every day, but my beard stays the same. What am I? Is it Sasquatch? Uh, no, no. Nice try, though. Want to try again next time we have another riddle? Let's go to line three. Welcome to the two o'clock show. I shave every day, but my beard stays the same. What am I? The the dark matter around space, around the stars. Uh, no. Uh, try again there, sir. Let's go with uh, line four. Line four. Welcome to the two o'clock show. I shave every day, but my beard stays the same. What am I? Is it a picture of a guy shaving? No, no. Let's try uh, line five. Line five. Welcome to the two o'clock show. I shave every day, but my beard stays the same. What am I? Your grandmother. That dude again. How did he get through twice? Wow. Wow. That's just, I don't know. Remind me to talk to Larry after the show. I just did talk to him. He said the number is blocked. He said he's going like from phone to phone, like these numbers are coming from old payphones. He's going around the city so he can call in and prank us. Oh. I mean, that's devotion right there, but damn. Yeah. I'm telling you. Okay, let's go to line six. Line six, welcome to the two o'clock show. This is Solve the Riddle. I shave every day, but my beard stays the same. What am I? Is it a bearded lady sharpening a pencil? Uh, no, good guess. Good guess, but sorry. Let's go to line seven. Welcome to Solve the Riddle. I shave every day, but my beard stays the same. What am I? Uh, a polar bear? Uh, no, no, not quite, not quite. Let's try again, let's try line eight. Line eight, welcome to the two o'clock show. This is Solve the Riddle. I shave every day, but my beard stays the same. What am I? A barber? Oh, amazing. Somebody got it right. It's a barber. I shave every day, but my beard stays the same. That's a barber. Thank you very much. And stay on the line, and Larry will talk to you and let you know what you win for answering our riddle correctly. Well, we'll try that again sometime. We'll come up with another riddle for you all to phone in and, and try to answer. And uh, we're going to have really amazing prizes for you all for calling and getting the answers correctly. And we're going to move on to our next segment now. The following is brought to you in part by... Jim Bob's Rock Shelter. Adopt a rock today. We've got small rocks, big rocks, some which are technically boulders, but they're still in the rock family. We've got rocks that are good listeners, rocks that don't make a lot of noise, rocks in pretty colors such as gray. So come on down and adopt a rock today. And now it's time for the next episode of Science of the Mind with Dr. Eustace Strottlemeyer. 
And today we do have, once again, Dr. Eustace Strottlemeyer on the phone. Hello, Doctor. Uh, hello, young man. How are you this fine day? Doing pretty well. Um, today we have the phobia, Meligris phobia. Ah, uh, yes, yes, the fear of turkeys. That's appropriate for this time of year. Every, every November, uh, many of my patients suffer dramatically from Meligris phobia. Uh, turkeys are a great cause of stress and concern for many of my patients this time of year. How, uh, how do your patients tend to cope this time of year? Uh, most of them hide, in terror, until Thanksgiving is over. Well, as usual, we do have Collins for the show, and I can see the lights already coming on. So let's get them on the air. Hi. Is this, is this Dr. Strottlemeyer? Hi, yes, uh, uh, I believe I recognize this voice. I won't say your name because of confidentiality. I do not want to humiliate you on, on the radio, but, uh, yes, uh, go ahead with your concern. Well, I, last year I went to the Thanksgiving Day Parade and they had a giant inflatable turkey. I nearly soiled myself right there watching the parade. Well, that's too bad there, uh, young man. Uh, remember, um, what we talked about last time in session, uh, turkeys are our friends and, and we need not be afraid of, of turkeys. And if you see a turkey, just stay away from him, and he will leave you alone. Okay. Bye. Now, let's talk turkey here, uh, Doc, for a moment. Um, I hate to gobble up all your time, and I know a lot of this can uh, feel like stuffing a lot of information into people, but uh, how legitimate is this fear? I mean, a fear of turkeys, that's like being afraid of baloney. People have different uh, fears and phobias. Uh, some people are afraid of the color yellow. Uh, there's no explanation as to why. Some people fear rabbits. Uh, some people fear many different things: spiders, darkness, doctors, and so on. But but there's usually an underlying cause as to why one is afraid of turkeys. Huh. Interesting. Alrighty. Well. Okay, let's take this caller here. Welcome to Science of the Mind with Dr. Eustace Strottlemeyer. Did you have a question for Dr. Strottlemeyer today? What is a turkey's weakness? I need to know now. Well, turkeys have fears too. Turkeys are afraid of pilgrims. I don't have a pilgrim's outfit and they already have the axe. They're trying to get in through the door. Um... I'll tell you what, why don't you hang on the line and one of our associates will get your address. Uh... Oh, they found the hunting rifle! <laughs> okay, that was <clears throat> that was disturbing. That was disturbing there. Um, let's go to the next caller. Welcome to Science of the Mind with Dr. Eustace Strottlemeyer. Did you have a question today for Dr. Strottlemeyer? You've got to be kidding me. You've got to... How many times has this guy called now? I've lost count. Look, sir. This is not Louis Pizza. Check your phone book. 
I'm sure you probably have one in your house. Check your phone book. Our numbers are probably similar, but this is not Louis Pizza. Uh, but I, I want a pizza. Yes, sir. That's that's evident. It's been evident the last seven or eight times that you have called. This is not Louis Pizza. And now we'll go to the next caller. Okay, go ahead. Welcome to Science of the Mind with Dr. Eustace Strottlemeyer. Did you have, did you have a question today for Dr. Strottlemeyer concerning Maley Grisphobia? Yes, on average. How many people in the population have this phobia? Well, it's 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 a very uh, rare disorder. Uh, we can't say exactly how many have this fear, but uh, it, it tends to really crop up around uh, Thanksgiving each year. Thanksgiving and sometimes Christmas also, we have flare-ups of this this uh, phobia. So, on a scale of one to ten. How much terror and chaos can I cause by draining turkeys from a helicopter? Uh, probably not too many. There aren't all that many people afraid of, of turkeys, but uh, it may be a, of much concern to anyone with that phobia who happens to uh, encounter a turkey dropping from the sky out of a helicopter. And what if they explode? That, uh, that would be a mess. Thank you, that will be all. Okay, well, I guess that's about it for Science of the Mind. We don't, I don't see any other uh, callers calling in. It is kind of a rare phobia, but we wanted to bring that to your attention for those who do suffer this terrible phobia of Meliscrisphobia, the fear of turkeys. And uh, feel free to contact Dr. Strottlemeyer if you need comfort and concern about this phobia. He'd love to talk with you and counsel you and help you overcome this terrible fear. The following program is brought to you in part by Franz von Schnickel of Dinosaur Manufacturing Limited. And we're going to have a, a short interview with uh, Mr. von Schnickel about his process in which he genetically engineers dinosaurs, real dinosaurs, for public purchase, and he actually can make pets out of dinosaurs for the average consumer. So welcome to our program here, uh, Mr. Von Schnickel. Oh yes, Vince, thank you very much for having me, sir. Okay, now what, what, do I understand correctly that you actually make dinosaurs? Yes, we grow them in the test tubes and we produce dinosaurs for sale. Now, what kind of dinosaurs are we talking about? Are we talking like Gila monsters and alligators, or what are we talking about here? Oh, no, we're, we're talking about the extinct dinosaurs, like you see in the movies. We have the Pachycephalosaurus, the Parasaurolophus. Uh, the Mosasaurus isn't too popular, but we do have that one in stock. We have Comsognathus, Pteranodon. Oh, re really, you name it, we have it. I would hate to see a mosasaur get loose at the beach. That would be uh that could be a bad thing. How long have you been doing this now? I I haven't even heard of this this business. About three months now. Three months. Wow, wow. So if I want to buy a Tyrannosaurus Rex, I can just call you up and order me a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex to run around my backyard. Oh yes, as long as you have all the legal papers, yeah. So that's. Is that what you have with you now? That is that an actual young dinosaur? Oh no, this one is fully grown. This is a Dilophosaurus. Many people fear it from the movies because it's the one with the big 
fillitting around its head and it spits venom, but it only does that when it's really hungry or when it's uh, aggravated. Okay, well, I'll do my best not to aggravate it. I really don't want a face full of toxic sludge or anything like that. So, all right, Mr. Von Sniggle, we thank you for your time, for coming down here today and showing us your, your dinosaur here. If you have any interest in purchasing a dinosaur for a pet or for, for home security, be sure to call Franz Von Schnickel of Dinosaur Manufacturing Limited. Yes, now I must call my Pteranodon for the ride home. today for something a little bit different we have an interview with a cat a listener has a cat that goes by the name fluffy this listener claims that this cat can actually speak so they brought the cat in for an interview we're going to interview the cat now and uh, we want to see first of all can this cat really actually speak and if so what this cat has to say to us all right come on in yeah just Set set your cat down right here on the on the counter near by the microphone. There you go. Alrighty. All right. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, can we get your name? My name is Fluffy. That's my given name. But my cat name means Silent Fury of Death. Okay. Um. No, I'm I'm a bit. I had a bit of a loss for words here. I I mean. No offense, but I have interviewed uh, Stranger Things. Um, so, uh, what uh, what do you do? Most of the time, I sleep. I sleep most of the day, and I'm up most of the night, but I sleep. And I chase birds, I chase lizards, and I chase away other cats. And I provide home security for my owners. Oh, I see. And it's interesting that you uh, call your owners owners. I've uh, read many a comic and heard many a joke about cats not viewing their owners as such. Well, it makes them feel better calling them the owner, but we all know that they're actually my staff and they're here to just serve my purposes. Clean after me, feed me, pet me, give me a good safe place to live. That's their purpose. And in turn, I catch lizards and rats and things like that. So it's kind of a trade-off. I see. Is there anything you're not satisfied with about your care? I'm not too happy with food. It's always liver, chicken, fish, things like that. What what I would like is things that cats really like. Cats should be in charge of making cat food. The cat food should be things like rats, crickets, mice, fish, birds, and lizards, things like that. Things that cats really like. Don't don't put in chicken and gravy and turkey and, and rice, things like that. Cats want real food, like birds, lizards, canaries, things like that. I see. Well, that's that's interesting. Um, so, carrying on, what are your hobbies and interests? I like to bathe myself. I do that a great many hours a day, when I'm not sleeping, that is. And I like to chase birds. Sounds like a fulfilling life. It is. 
that gives my owner something to do. My owners gives my staff something to do as they care for me. Okay, well, this has been an interesting conversation. Um, thank you for coming. Do you mind if I take a bath here on your counter? Uh, no. Okay. I think I got a hairball. <laughs> okay, well, this has been an interview with a cat. <laughs> There it goes. I feel better. Can I leave that here? Sure. Something to remember you by. Thanks. Okay, yeah, just right back out the door, and uh, we'll have Larry clean this up. It is once again time for... Neville Pilkington, Space Cadet. As you may recall, last time on Neville Pilkington, Space Cadet, Neville and his intrepid dad, Biff, were swallowed by a space whale, and inside this space whale they found out that it was actually a ship, disguised cleverly to look like a whale. And inside was Cap'n Hard Biscuit, and around the ship, suddenly, several unknown ships surrounded them while they were inside. What do we do now? Are these ships around us? Do you do you recognize them? Or are they hostile? Do, do they mean us harm? I, I wonder, I, I've, I've never seen ships like this before. Well, I don't be intending to find out. Hold on to your gizzards, you squids. This'll shiver their timbers to be sure. What What do you plan to do? Well, I stole that idea from them clock boys about the time machine. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna zing on out of here and they'll never know what happened. So hang on to your gizzards, you squids. fast. I never did travel in time before. Now, did they outlaw time travel about a hundred years back? Well, if you don't be telling nobody, I won't there, matey. Where are we now? Well, according to me figures, we be about 37.8 light years from wherever we were. Um, tell me that's not a black hole I see. Aye, matey, that looked like a black hole already. We're heading right into it, too. I told you not to tell me that. A fun fact, Father. Upon going beyond the event horizon, that's the point where we can no longer escape the black hole, we'll undergo a process known as spaghettification, where we'll be stretched to a point where we're just one atom thin. But I don't like spaghetti. What will become of Biff and Neville and Cap'n Hardbiscuit? Will it be sucked into a black hole? Will they be stretched into spaghetti out in deep space? Tune in next time for Neville Pilkington, Space Cadet. This episode has been brought to you partly by Jeffrey Zoo Meat. Those animals don't live forever. Might as well do something with them, you know? Come on down and get yourself a nice steak of your preferred zoo animal. I mean, all kinds of cuts. We got ribs, we got T-bone steak, we got patties of meat, we got ground whatever you choose. Come on down. We guarantee that most of them aren't endangered. Yet. And now for today's tip of the day. 
Don't look at the sun with your bare eyeballs. Always use binoculars. That's a handy tip. Thanks. Well, we thank you once again for listening to our program. We hope that you were able to endure the whole thing. And it's now time for us to leave once again. And this has been episode 12 of the 2 o'clock show. Now comes the fun part where we come up with something to do on a... That looks like the top of a submarine. What on earth? Get in, you landlubbers. There's no time to explain. Oh, okay. I guess we're getting in a submarine. Yeah, well, we'll hopefully be back next week to visit with you again. Bye now. Take on the board. Close the hatch. Prepare to dive. All hands prepare to dive. I repeat, all hands, prepare to dive. For this normal sir. Are a bit sluggish, Watch the bulkhead. Engineering and boarding, everything yeah, is good. We're good to go. Alright, George, set, we're going. Hi, sir. We're diving. Alright, we are. Let's keep it going.